Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. everybody and welcome to gobbler country's talking turkey actually not it could be morning for you if you're listening to me from the office and bored but this is uh john schneider and my co-host brian manning we're here to talk about something that's near and dear to my old fat man heart and that's the offensive line we're going to talk about receivers later but right now we need to really go over something as i was looking at the roster Something I haven't seen before in a Virginia Tech lineup. Brian, I don't know how you're doing. I'm good, John. Yourself? Yeah. I'm sitting here looking at this offensive line going, I've got 14 players, 11 of which are starters. We haven't been there before. No. Uh, Do you ever remember a time when we were in this position no no and we had some good offensive lines back in the late 90s and the um, early 2000s I think everyone remembers Jake Grove and all those guys we we had good offensive lines that more blue collar units and but this group here and and I'm I'm going to name some guys and and who are starting material who are starters and who will who, who could who could start and it's I mean you got a guard you got Lasita Smith and at um, tackle, Silas Janzi. You got uh, Brock Hoffman, who should have been eligible last year, who will be this year. Christian Derisaw, who I've seen is making a lot of all ACC lists already in the preseason. Walker Culver, who I think came here with big expectations as the offensive tackle. I, I think he could be a starter, but he's buried on the de- buried on the depth chart behind Silas and Derisaw and Luke Tenuta. And speaking of Luke Tenuta, this is another guy, redshirt sophomore. He moved into the lineup last year. I don't think a lot of people were expecting it, but another impressive player. And then I'm not even talking about Brian, Brian Hudson and Doug Nestor, who were big-time recruits last year, who both started several games for the Hokies on the interior of the line. Yeah, really, in the list, okay, we haven't seen a ton of Culver, although he's a big kid, 6'6 and 300 pounds, which, you know, we haven't had this size in the offensive line. There's one guy, Parker Clements, who's, who we know right now, He's first of all, he's a brand-new freshman, so he's going to be, you know he's going to go through the meat grinder and the meat adder. But Jesse Hansen and Parker Clements are the only people that we really haven't heard of or seen before, and... All the rest of the people on this, including Terrell Smith, who is a perennial plug-in. I mean, he's never been a starter starter, but he's always been a steady plug-in. Like if somebody needed to come out for whatever reason, 
Smith always went in and he got an extra year. He's a graduate. He's listed as a graduate. He got an extra year because of the injury he suffered last year early in the season. But he's actually really good. So now this is an embarrassment of amazing proportions for Vance Weiss. He's got two starting quality offensive lines plus an extra player that has solid game experience that have been working together with each other in each other's back pockets. By the end of the season, you saw how they were communicating with each other. They were improving every single time they got out to take a snap. So, you know, they almost pulled off that win against Kentucky. And if if the defense hadn't just kind of ended up falling apart on that non-quarterback quarterback, I think that, that, you know, the offense did not contribute to that loss. I'll put it to you that way. And I think we're going to see that again this year. Well, speaking of the offensive line, the guy we didn't mention is TJ Jackson. And if anyone's ever seen TJ, he's a massive human being. And we didn't even mention TJ's got experience too, and he could fill in in a pinch for the Hokies and, and be a starter himself. He's a redshirt senior. But when we talk about the top three tackles, we talk about Darisaw, who will start on the left side, and you'll either see Silas Janzi or Luke Tenuta at right tackle. And I knew late in the season we saw a lot of Tenuta, and he did well. Both of those guys can play right tackle. Both can play right tackle well. I don't know what Coach Vice will will have in mind for the season, but you'll see plenty of both of those guys at the right tackle spot. Yeah, and I think the Nestor, Hudson, Hoffman, and Smith, and Smith core is going to be amazing. They're going to be able to have two high-quality centers and two high-quality guards on either side in the core. All of them have slightly different techniques. All of them have slightly different strengths and weaknesses. But Vance will be able to move them in and out, keep them fresh, and not lose a beat in the interior of the line. And that's usually where you take your big hits. You and I both did that for high school and no i'm sorry for people that don't understand but when you're in the trenches it's a 35 mile an hour collision and a fist fight and a greco roman wrestling match on every single play and if you have the ability to rotate people in and out and not lose a beat you have an advantage that a lot of other teams can't even get close to I think um, all the, each of these guys have the potential to be an all ACC type of player on the on the interior I think at left guard, I think Smith's got that spot locked down. I think. Yeah, that's going to be – Smith's going to be the starter. He's the number I, one for there. I see a future NFL player there. I, I see it for the other three too, but, but but Smith is a road grader. I remember just, I think, three years ago, the Hokies actually signed him. He was a tight end in high school, and, and we always said he would be a, an offensive lineman. That's where he was going to be. Yeah. He is just – he's an impressive athlete at left guard. I think Hokies are in good shape there. And he gets a lot of knockdowns in the middle. I got to say, I keep an eye on this stuff. He gets a lot of knockdowns and tie-ups in the middle, and he's gotten better at his techniques over the last two years. That left side of the line with him and Darisaw is pretty pretty darn impressive. I don't know another team in the ACC who's who's that fortunate to have that group. I think the entire unit's good, so that's how I feel about that. I think the entire unit's pretty solid. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with that. I, I can, just cannot believe... I'm looking at even the junior kids being, like I said, Parker Clements is the only one that I think is too small yet. And it's, he's a true freshman, and you know he's probably going to redshirt. But even Hanson, 
is a red shirt freshman. I think I can't, I'd have to check his stats. I think Hanson might've actually gotten a couple of snaps last year. This means that there's going to be some interesting stuff because next year, of course, uh, you lose one, two, three, four, you lose four of the top guys, Hoyt, Jackson, Cannon, and Smith. They're going to be gone, but, but interior Smith L Smith is going to be here hopefully, unless he gets drafted. So twenty, we don't miss too much of a beat for 2021. I do say, before we get to the commercial break here, I do say one thing that we need to be watching out for is those positions after Parker Clements. We have a few too few freshmen this year, and I think, I don't know if you agree with me in this one, but I think that our recruiting for 2021, I'd like to see a few more OLs in there. And the three-star yeah, level. Yeah, because the thing is, we've built up this impressive unit with the last two or three recruiting classes, and it's a really good unit. But right now, the, the last year and this year, there's not a lot in the pipeline to, to get ready for when these guys move on, and that's a concern. Because I think Vice showed he could recruit some high-quality linemen. We've lost out on some guys in this class that I'm a little disappointed in, but let's enjoy this group for this year and next year, hopefully. I think that's where we're going to end up. And in ending this segment, I'll say that the only thing that we're worried about with the offensive line is the 2023, 2022, 2023 offensive line. So everybody should have that problem, right? We'll be back after the message and we'll go over receivers. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Gobbler Country podcast, Talking Turkey. Before the break, we talked about the offensive linemen. Now we're going to talk about some of the skill players, talking about the wide receiver group here. And we're going to do the tight ends. Right. Correct. Yeah, we're going to do tight ends. And, and last, you know, last year, I look back at last year's roster, and it was almost an embarrassment of riches what we had at right wide receiver and tight end. I look at it this year. And it's been thinned out a bit, but it's still a group that I'm really high on. And 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 I look at the tight end first, and I see two guys really stand out. James Mitchell. I believe James Mitchell. I've been a fan of him since high school. I believe James Mitchell could be an All-American if he's featured enough. I thought the same thing about Dalton Kane. And apparently the Patriots did too. So it, it's amazing. I, I look back and I can't help but think what could have been when we had Dalton Kane and James Mitchell together that they did not take advantage of enough. But that's a story for another day. We do have another tight end, Nick Gallo. You know, you might remember his brother Eric was a star at center here a few years back. Well, Nick Gallo is another another young tight end I'm high on. And I would love to see the coaching staff use both Mitchell and Gallo on the field at the same time and, and get them the football. From what I saw last year when they used Gallo every once in a while in the in the low pressure games, they were putting him in the same kind of position as Dalton Keene. They were, he was not really playing the classic tight end position. He was playing the H-back. So I think that's who I think you'll probably see Mitchell do what he does usually, which is up on the line of scrimmage on the end and one side or the other side. I noticed most of the time they have him on the field side, you know, on the uh, as far as on the wide side of the formation. Mitchell can play in the slot too for this for this. Team. Yeah, he can yeah. split out in the slot and actually run out in the slot. So you actually have now the potential of having three slot receivers, where you put Gallo in that H back position, that hybrid H back position, and he's shifting around, and so you can actually tuck him up and split Mitchell out. You can actually play both of them like H backs. They're both capable of doing that. So I just wish they'd use them. 
Gallo's put on some serious size since uh, since he came last year. I think when he first came here, he was around I don't know, 215 pounds, and now he's at six foot, six four, two forty two. That's great size. I don't know yet that he's as physical of a player as Dalton Keene was, but he's got time to get there, and he's got got big time potential as James Mitchell's running buddy there at tight end. I think you're looking at those two guys as the starters. At this point, all the other guys behind them are going to be stacking up. Some of them are longtime scout squad guys. I think we might see a few of them here and there, especially in lower pressure games, because especially now, because if they do what they think they're going to do and we play like an ACC only season, only have maybe a couple of Virginia teams that are thinking that they're still going to play. So we might have a 12 game season and of which 10 of those will be ACC teams. And we'll see how it works out. The ACC has promised to get this wrapped up by the end of next week. So, you know, I've got my fingers crossed for a couple of low pressure games. So let's, let's skip outside. Let's go to the X's and the Y's here. We know we got Trey Turner and we know we have Tavion Robinson and they're going to be the two number ones. Yeah. Tavion you'll see in the slot. And and I think Tavion's dynamic there. How could you not after seeing him as a freshman last year, what a player he is. And, he changed the punt return game, too. I think he's a special talent. And, and Trey's the number one guy. I was disappointed last year they didn't get Trey the ball more. I think he disappeared a lot of times last year, and it wasn't his fault. Trey Turner's a, a true number one receiver. We're, we're excited to have him. Glad he's on our side. And I think you're going to, like you said, those are your top two guys. Then, then you're kind of going to see a Caleb Smith, a redshirt sophomore, out of the Fredericksburg area. He came on, I think it was a walk-on last year. He he developed into a pretty good receiver for the Hoagies. He's 6'2", 207, and sure hands, runs good routes. He's going to be yeah. a good weapon for Hendon Hooker. I think Smith, supposedly this graduate transfer from Kansas, Evan Fares, is supposed to be a pretty special player that might kind of take up that Damon Hazleton sort of role where you know somebody that's got a whole lot of experience at getting a little separation, where a much improved passing game from Hendon Hooker will will definitely be able to take advantage of. We'll see how that works out. He hadn't even had a number yet. Yeah, I think the guy you got to watch out for outside of Trey and Tavion is this top two guys. I think you got to really watch out for is Jaden Peyote. He was a the number a four star recruit. I think he's a number two overall player in Virginia last year. He's transitioning to receiver last year, redshirted. He's a special athlete. I think last year was more about getting him acclimated to the wide receiver position. I think if he is what we hope he will be, he could be another special player for the Hokies. And I'm excited about to see what he can do. Then you have Elijah Bowick, another highly regarded redshirt freshman. He's about 6'1", 216. Him and Peyote are about the same size. Peyote's the more explosive athlete, where Bowick's more polished as a receiver. I'm excited to see what those guys can bring to the wide receiver room. Yeah, well, they're going to be really important because you've got to have a two deep. You've got to have a a consistent two deep because they've got to be threats. Everybody's got to be a threat. You can't have a deadhead on the field as a wide receiver. Everybody's got to be a threat because as soon as somebody's a deadhead, who is what we used to call guys who just ran down the field and sucked up space. You really can't have that in modern football. You've got to have somebody out there who's a real threat that somebody's really nervous about that wants to overcover. 
So that shakes somebody else free. I think that was part of Trey Turner's problem last year. It wasn't that we didn't have a lot of threats. It was just that Trey seemed to be running the ball more than he did going out and catching the ball. He seemed to be that second halfback that we didn't have. That's on the coach and staff, as is giving James Mitchell the ball more in the running game than actually throwing the ball to him at times. So I look at the receiver depth this year, and it's not as good as it was last year because we did lose Damon Hazleton. Regardless of what some people thought about Hazleton, he was a really good player, a good deep threat, and we're going to miss him. And I know Hendon really liked him in the deep passing game. Well, Uh, Hendon knew where he was going to be. See, the big thing is, is that Hazleton knew how to throttle what he was doing. You know, a lot of the guys will go out there and run a full-on sprint the first time they go down the field and they don't get passed to. And then the next time they go down the field, they can't keep up that pace. I mean, you're talking about 50-yard wind sprints going over and over again, and they start slowing down. Hazleton knew enough to gauge how far to push himself on any one route, and that lets the quarterback figure out where you're going to be and allows the quarterback to lay the ball in better. The coaching staff, I think, was expecting Hazleton to go. I think they more thought he was going to turn pro than transfer, but Losing, you also lost Hezekiah Grimsley and Jacoby Pinckney, which was tough on depth because I really was high on Jacoby Pinckney coming in in last year's class and just didn't work out for him here. Don't don't really know the details. It just didn't work out. And I think Hezekiah kind of got passed on the the depth chart by uh, Tavion Robinson. Yeah, but the only thing Hezzy was doing at that point was doing the return game. And he he had some drops, which scared a lot of people. But then with Tavion – and, with Tav- and then he got passed there with Tavion. So. Yeah, Tavion was just, I mean, not not to knock Hezekiah because he's a good player. I still remember a block he laid on somebody a couple of years ago. Oh, he, 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 was he was a good a, all-around player, and we, yeah. we really could use him, use him this year in a depth spot, but he wasn't going to pass Tavion on the depth chart. No. Tavion's just a superior receiver and is a special punt returner. So, But we're, we're going to miss those guys. I think the receiver roster this year – I think is probably the thinnest of our rosters. And we should be pretty assured that even though it's thin, it's pretty well covered. We've got good coaching. We've got good ones and twos that look like they're capable of stepping up. One thing it's important to note, we we have some wide receiver depth issues this year, but the thing is we got the, we got tight ends and Mitchell and Gallo that we need to get involved in the offense. And if they do that, it kind of camouflages some of the depth issues at wide receiver. We still have a lot of weapons. We may have lost some guys from last year and big guys in, in like Dalton Keene, Daniel Hazleton, and those guys, but we still have plenty of weapons. So, John, any final thoughts before we close the show tonight? No, I think we've had a good conversation, important core. You know, the O-line's 85% of the running game and 65% of the passing game, and I think that's going to be the key this year. That's all. All right, everyone. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Gobbler Country's Talking Turkey. Remember to follow us on all social media platforms. And as always, go Hokies. Go Hokies.